0: What is up, everybody, and welcome back to DW Sports. I am your host, Will Feller. And finally, finally, college football is back. It actually happened last weekend, and the NFL is back this Sunday as well. I'm actually going to Indianapolis Colts game this Sunday against the Seattle Seahawks. And the day before that, I'm going to the Indiana game versus Idaho. My sister goes to Indiana University, so I have the joy of going down there a lot. but. I know I haven't uploaded in a long time. There was a little bit of an issue I had to resolve before I could uh, record any more episodes, but everything's all fine now. I am back and I'm back at the right time because college football, baby. I don't know what sports people do on Saturdays besides sit and watch college football. Come on, guys. You know, you know the drill. East Coast friends, you guys, I have work on Saturdays, but East Coast friends wake up, eat breakfast, and then you chill out until 12 o'clock. And once 12 o'clock hits, you watch college football the whole day. Literally, there's games until like 10, 1030, because all the West Coast people play um, later at night. And then, like I said, NFL starts this Sunday along with college football on Saturday. So make sure you guys don't have any homework or anything this weekend because – I'm sure if you're a sports person like me, you're not going to make room to do it because they're just sitting there watching football all weekend. But today we are going to talk about college football, mostly the five main games last weekend, which was Miami, Alabama, Indiana, Iowa, Penn state, Wisconsin, Texas, Louisiana, and Georgia versus Clemson. Now, I'm going to give you some of my thoughts on those. But before I do, make sure you guys are following all of our social medias, Instagram and Twitter, DWSports2S is on the end. Snapchat is DW underscore sports. TikTok is DW underscore sports. And our email is Show at gmail.com if you guys have any questions. Now, college football this Saturday was a joy, for most of you guys but honestly it wasn't for me as you can see behind me if you're watching on youtube i am a fan of indiana university um and i thought i know you guys heard me say in a previous episode that IU was gonna walk into kinnick week one and get a w i'm not gonna lie to you guys bro i was biased i was very very biased towards indiana in, towards iu because we went 6-1 last year, we lost by 7-2 Ohio State. And I know when you lose, that's not something you should really celebrate. But when I grew up watching Indiana football, you never came close to touching Ohio State. Never. Much less having a comeback like they did last season. I don't know if I would say it's a fluke season just yet. Um, obviously, walking into State Stadium week one, which is not – an easy state in a plane at all the atmosphere there is unbelievable the Iowa fans are super super loud of course they have the famous Kinnick wave to the hospital um by the stadium and honestly Iowa fans they're just genuine people man I really like Iowa fans um you know they're not toxic like Ohio State fans and will brag for three months if they beat you you know Iowa fans are genuine people, and for the Iowa fans I talked to, I just said, you know, GG, you, you outplayed it's plain playing simple. Because IU didn't even score a touchdown, guys, not even a touchdown. We lost by 28 points, 34-6, to six. and honestly, the problem for IU, I think – I actually think – well, obviously both sides, but I thought it was more on the offensive end, if I'm being honest, because – Michael Penix threw two pick sixes, both of them, both of them to Riley Moss. Two pick sixes. So right there, there's 14 points for Iowa. And if you take away that in the final score, if if IU doesn't even throw those pick sixes, much less the other turnovers that we had, you have 20 to six. So there's already a 14-point game right there that, You can just eliminate. Now, Michael Penix Jr., I don't know what his problem was. I don't know if he was kind of just rusty because he got hurt last season against Maryland. He tore his ACL twice, actually, um, once his freshman year and once his sophomore year. He's a redshirt junior now. Honestly, Michael Penix Jr. is a good quarterback. I just think sometimes he doesn't make the right reads And I'm not saying that, like, I'm trying to harp on the guy. It's because receivers, they won't get an open um, that much in the Indiana-Iowa game at all. And he also didn't use his feet as much as i like to see him. I don't know if he's worried about, you know, running with that ACL, um, if they're going to try to, you know, target it or whatever. I don't know what was going through his head, but he struggled a little bit. I know on one of his pick sixes, the receiver ran the wrong route. Um... As soon as the pick six happens, he ran over and he put his arm around him and he said, you ran the wrong route. The other one, um, the receiver, it hit his face mask and Riley Moss picked it off and took it to the house. So right there, there's 20 to six. The first drive when Iowa got the ball, the very, very first possession, um, Goodson ran for a 56 yard touchdown. That is something that cannot happen this year for IU football, okay? IU football cannot, cannot give up long touchdowns like that because one thing that swings momentum so much in football is big plays like that. Long touchdowns, interceptions, blocked field goals even, just like you saw in the Penn State-Wisconsin game. Wisconsin was not giving Penn State anything, in the red zone, and blocked field goals shifted momentum to Wisconsin's side. Um, so, obviously, Wisconsin still lost that game, but momentum shifted at that at that point of the game. And Indiana, they gave up too many big plays to where good some 56-yard touchdown in the pick six. It was already 14-0 Iowa, and Iowa had all the momentum in the world and just ran away with it after that. Um, like I said, I'm going to the game this Saturday against Idaho. They should win this Saturday because Idaho is kind of just like a, I would say, a warm up game. Usually, they don't go into Big Ten play, and so they play like two or three games. that They should easily win. They got knocked out of the top twenty five. I hope that's a reality check to them. Um, but they need to beat Iowa this week so that way they can prepare for the Cincinnati Bearcats next Saturday. As for Iowa. They're just a good team, bro. I mean, they are just a phenomenal, phenomenal football team. I think Spencer Petrus needs to work on his accuracy a little bit. I saw him miss a few throws that were catchable for his receivers. Even in the second half when it was a blowout, Petrus kind of missed some throws. And also, if Petrus did make a throw, sometimes his receivers were just dropping it. And – that's not acceptable. So Iowa definitely had some things that I saw that, I, that they need to work on this week going into Iowa State, and Indiana definitely, definitely has some things they need to work on. I thought it was going to be a phenomenal game. I was wrong. I thought that Indiana-Iowa and Georgia-Clemson were going to be the best two games of the year, or not of the year, but of the week. And Georgia-Clemson was a very, very good game. It was just low scoring. And I'm a defensive guy, so I love it. It was a defensive battle. Not one offensive touchdown was scored the whole game. DJ, the quarterback for Clemson, I'm not even gonna try to pronounce his last name. Threw a pick six to Georgia, and the score ended up being 10 to 3. So literally, the only reason Georgia won was because of the defensive side of the football. Georgia got ranked up to number two, and Oklahoma got ranked down to number four. The top four now is Alabama at one, Oklahoma, or I'm sorry, not Oklahoma, Alabama at one, Georgia at two, Clemson at six, I think is what they got bumped down to. Um, yeah, I think six is what they got bumped down to. So it was Alabama one, Georgia two, Ohio State jumped up one. Um, At number three, and then Oklahoma, only one by five, the Tulane. Spencer Rattler didn't play that well against Tulane. I think they deserved to be number four. Oklahoma has a good chance of making the college football playoff, in my opinion, but they can't keep barely beating out these teams like Tulsa or Tulane and expect to get in the CPF. So, Georgia-Clemson was a very good game. Notre Dame-Florida State was a phenomenal game. Notre Dame, when you talk about momentum, they lost all the momentum when McKenzie Milton came in the game. Jordan Travis did good for Florida State. Um, He got his helmet taken off, and I don't think he was injured, but obviously if you get your helmet taken off a play, you have to sit out. McKenzie Milton came in and started doing great, so coaches left him in the game. Florida State was down 38-20 to in the third quarter. They came back and tied it at 38. And Florida State's field goal kicker missed a field goal in overtime. It set up Notre Dame for a game-winning field goal. Notre Dame is also one of those teams that scares me because I feel like they can beat anybody that's not in the top five. You saw in the college football playoff that Notre Dame – really has a hard time competing with those top-notch teams. Alabama, Clemson. They beat Clemson last year without Trevor Lawrence. And I've talked about that in the show before. It's impressive, but it's not as impressive as it would have been with Trevor Lawrence because obviously when Lawrence came back, they dominated them. Trevor Lawrence dominated Notre Dame in the ACC championship. So you couldn't see a difference of one guy right there, the best player in college football how much of a difference he makes on the field. Honestly, if Florida State won or lost, I think they deserve to be ranked. I know it would be stupid if they got ranked like 25th when they are 0-1, but their program's on the come up again. Ever since they had Jameis Winston, um, once Jameis Winston left, I should say, their program has kind of taken a downfall. And it's on the come up again because Mackenzie Milton had a phenomenal game I mean, he was making all the right reads, check down, deep ball, whatever was open. It looked like he was making the exact read that coach wanted him to make. He had a devastating knee injury um, when he was at UCF, and he came back and he kept sliding, and it kept showing his parents that were nervous in the crowd. It's just crazy how you can have guys like that come back and make an impact in the football world. Alex Smith did it for Washington. Mackenzie Milton did it in college football. And there are multiple other athletes that have done it. And even guys like Paul George in the NBA with a devastating injury like he had. Victor Oladipo with the devastating injury that he had. They came back. Victor Oladipo, he's not full strength anymore, but Paul George, he's back. And so it's amazing about what your body can do if you train. And I'm just so glad and uh, happy for McKenzie Milton that he can come back and has the ability to play football again. That Sunday night game was a great game, man. It was a great game. I know so many Notre Dame fans that were freaking out because they thought they were going to lose. But they got to win those games. I mean, come on. If Notre Dame has any chance, especially being an independent school, I know they're in the ACC for football last year, but – They're not continuing that. They're going to go back to being an independent school. So the top-notch schools that you play are limited. You need to win those games in order to try to get back into the college football playoff, the CFP. So Notre Dame should get it together. Indiana should get it together. Purdue won. I don't even want to talk about them, but they beat Oregon State. It's a good win for them, honestly, for Purdue. It was another power. Power 5 school, they beat Oregon State in the Pac-12. So, Oregon State, not a horrible football school, but it's a lot better than if you played somebody like a Kansas or somebody outside of a Power 5 conference like a UConn or an Idaho, like I use playing next weekend. So, it was a good weekend for them, for Purdue. I know a lot of people that are at that game, too. Next week's games, um, the really best one is Iowa versus Iowa State. Honestly, that's, I think that's going to be a phenomenal game, but there's no other really, really good games for me next weekend to watch. So go Hoosiers next weekend. Go Colts next weekend. IU has let me down this weekend, and it's making me sad. Another game this weekend that actually kind of shocked me, um, it was the Texas-Louisiana game because I thought – Louisiana was gonna put up more of a fight. Like I know that Louisiana is not technically in a power five school, but they're still ranked in the top 25. Texas has a new coach, and I like what the Texas new coach is doing over there. Bijan Robinson, um, having the ball in his hands a lot of the times makes a huge impact for them. He is an absolute tank. I tell you, Bijan Robinson is an absolute tank for Texas. This guy needs to get the ball every other play, whether that's running, getting a check down pass. I think he's one of the most slept on running backs in college football. What do you guys think about that? Who do you guys think is the most slept on running back in college football? BJ Robinson is for me out of Texas because you can see the amount of touches he got last year compared to what he did in this first game this year. If he continues that, I think he can be in a Heisman contention. But I seriously want to know, who do you guys think is the most slept on running back? Do you think it's Mo Ibrahim? Because I know he was in contention for Heisman. Obviously, his injury was devastating um, against Ohio State, but Mo Ibrahim is a stud running back. Brees Hall for Iowa State is a stud running back. Who do you guys think is the most slept on running back in college football? Texas and Louisiana was a good game. And Texas, I think, is on the come up as well as Florida State. I would like to see some of the programs on the come up that have kind of been on the downfall lately. Florida State, Texas. Michigan State, I feel like it's on the come up again. Those programs, man, a few years back, they were dominant, especially when Texas had, like, Vince Young. Michigan State had a Le'Veon Bell, and they always used to beat Michigan. That blocked punt. That's when Michigan State was good. And then you've got teams like um, Ohio State that are always going to be there good. Right now, Ohio State, I feel like, is the only team in the Big Ten that is contention for the college football playoff. Michigan used to be in there, but Michigan, I don't know what's happening with them. Jim Harbaugh is kind of just, kind of just out of it, I would say. I'm surprised that his contract got renewed because Michigan, I think, needs some uh, changes around in Ann Arbor. But college football back this weekend – for the second week in NFL, back this Sunday. I am back on DW Sports, and I am so glad to be back. I actually have a special guest coming on this week. He is in my grade, class of 2023, and he is the 57th ranked player in the nation. His name is Gus Yeldon. He will be on the show this week. Last thing I want to talk about. Penn State, Wisconsin. Penn State is back. Penn State is back. I don't care what anybody says. The ability to go into Madison when Wisconsin is ranked number 12 in the nation and go there, and I wouldn't say dominate them, but kind of do whatever you want in clutch moments. I would I would say it's a prime example of doing whatever you want the whole game against Indiana, but in, in clutch moments down the stretch, Penn State delivered, interceptions, long plays. And let me tell you guys something. If you guys don't know the name Ellis Brook for Penn State, you better get to know his name. Because I know offensive players get way more love than defensive players. Ellis Brooks played phenomenal last week before he got ejected for targeting, which I don't think was targeting. But Ellis Brooks is going to follow right in Micah Parsons' footsteps. Ellis Brooks is an absolute stud. And I hope that he stays healthy all throughout his college career. I hope that he stays of trouble because this guy – is going to be special, 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 special down the road. Make sure, if you want any suggestions for DW Sports, make sure to email us, give us suggestions. If you want, like, a college football slander, just a funny episode, I can use something like that because off the top of my head, Kansas beat South Dakota. In FC school. Kansas beat South Dakota by three, and they stormed the field. Like, are you serious, bro? Kansas hadn't won a game since 2019, and y'all gonna storm the field after you beat a school called South Dakota? You're in the Big 12, my man. Oops. Oh my goodness. Kansas. I- Most people like to slain Vanderbilt, but I think Kansas blows away Vanderbilt for the worst Power 5 football program right now because at least Vanderbilt's in the SEC. Come on. At least Vanderbilt is in the hardest college football conference. Kansas is in the Big 12, which I wouldn't say is easy, but it's not the SEC, and they only beat South Dakota by three. Come on, Kansas. But like I said, New episodes dropping this week. I have an interview dropping this week. I am back for DW Sports. Make sure to show some love. I have a giveaway going on our Instagram soon. So thank you guys for tuning in this episode. And I will see you guys sometime this week.